Hey everyone, welcome back. We are in episode nine and we are so excited because today we have a very special uh, celebrity guest I use lightly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but before we introduce him, I just wanted to let you guys know that hot takes will definitely be closed by the time we post this. Um, so you won't be able to uh, submit anymore, but we're very excited for our last episode of the season and be on the lookout for some reminders about season two. And we will talk about how the break is going to work in between seasons, probably next episode. So just kind of keep on the lookout for that so you know what to do. Let's go ahead and introduce our podcast. What should we call you? celebrity celebrity guest Podcast oh absolutely star. celebrity star <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so um this is Anson Pratt he went to school with us at BYU Idaho that's where we met and we've just been great friends ever since really 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 great, great friends. friends so uh tell us a little bit about yourself Anson just what you do for work what you graduated in stuff like that yeah 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 um, so again, like Rainey said, we've been really good friends up at BYU-Idaho. That's where I went to school and graduated um, with my business operations management degree. If you don't know what that means, that's okay. I did not either at first. So the degree basically <laughs> focuses on uh, supply chain um, and logistics. So helping companies make sure they get their products from the warehouses to the stores, as well as from producing it to the warehouses. So it's it's working on that, which is really cool and interesting. Right now I'm currently living um, in Austin, Texas and kind of in between jobs. I finished my second internship grocery chain down here called HEB. Kind of thought that were, that was where I was wanting to go. Unfortunately, they did not think so. So I was not thriving. That's um, so sad. Oh, I know. Oh, so I'm still working with them. I just, I'm not going to the position I was wanting to. So I am, you know, redoing my resume and going to uh, get out and uh, try to find that job. Yeah. But I'm excited to be here today. It's it's going to be really good to be back with the gang. I know. <laughs> hey, if anyone out there listening, if you're looking for a great employer, yes. or a, a great employee. Employer. Then... <laughs> yeah. Actually, do you guys want a new boss? We've yeah. got one for you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if Why you not? hit your current supervisor, then feel free no, to replace them. <laughs> Well, I, I love them. They're great. No, I, if, I just don't if know if someone they have else. Space. Yeah. If oh, someone, yeah, yeah. yes. If someone else listening does not like their supervisor, then we've got you, know, you. bring, yeah, bring, bring in the man. <laughs> Hit me up. Yeah. We've got a celebrity. We've got you covered. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to hot takes. So yes. Haley. Okay. Let us know what so you got. our hot take for the week is that ghosting is okay, but only if it's someone you haven't committed to. If mm. you are only texting someone, you're messaging on a dating app, and you just aren't interested in continuing that conversation or, I don't know, relationship, then I think it's okay to just stop messaging someone. I think for me, I would rather just have someone not return a call or a text than be told straight up, hey, I'm just not interested in talking to you anymore mm -hmm. because I've had that happen. <coughs> and it's like, I appreciate the honesty, but I would have been fine if you just stopped texting me. Like I would have, <laughs> I think that I would have <laughs> caught on. So I think, I think it's okay 
and it shouldn't be as villainized as it is. But obviously, if you're in a committed relationship with someone, don't ghost them. Well, but there's also limits to that because I think about there was this guy. Actually, it was about the time that we had all met that I was really into. And we had, I don't know, we had texted back and forth for like a year, but I had never met him in person. And then we went on one date in person and then he ghosted me. And so I, I don't know, like if he would have ghosted me, even during that year that we were talking, I think I still would have been kind of hurt because we had been talking for a really long time. So I think there's limits, but it's like, what is the time limit or what is the social barrier that makes it so that ghosting would still be okay. Because I agree. There's just some guys like on dating apps or whatever, where I'm just like, I literally couldn't care if you responded to me. Yeah. And then there's other ones that I care a lot. So I don't know what those limits would be. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that it takes away from the pain or that connection that you feel like you lost. I don't think that it takes away from that or is meant to minimalize that by saying that ghosting is okay I just think that I don't I don't think that that person that ghosted should really be seen as a bad person just for ghosting if that makes sense I will say there was somebody that I did end up ghosting just this last year but that was because it became a safety thing homeboy got real creepy I was like I need you to leave me alone um (laughs) <laughs> he was like texting me, asking me if I still lived at the same place and like the same address. And he would text me. And then when I didn't respond to his text messages, he would send me Facebook messages, even though I hardly Ew. knew this guy. So I ended up just ghosting him. Actually, I ended up blocking him because yeah. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I mean, he scared me. I guess there's some limits there too. Like, yeah, I knew this guy in person. We had met. Yeah. But he just became so creepy. I couldn't do it. And and honestly, I did actually stand up to him and say, hey, I'm not interested. I just know. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't really get the memo and just kept bugging me. So then I had to go like the next step above that. So I think just really, you know, like assess the situation, but I really want to hear Anson's thoughts on this. Where where are you at, bud? I I think you're right. Honestly, like if you've just been texting back and forth, I think it's okay. I, I don't know about, you know, just dropping off the face of the earth that moment uh, maybe kind of start with backing off, responding short and sweet, maybe one word, yeah. you know, three days later, just kind of giving them hints. If they persist, you know, then it's okay. If you know them in person, you got to see where the relationship is first of all on how you know them to determine, should I, can I ghost them? Or is this a thing? No, we're going to have to talk because if you ghost them and you keep on seeing them, that's well, then awkward. it's just more awkward right so that's my thoughts on it yeah well and if you have if you already have a date planned or you're in the middle of trying to plan a date not cool to ghost someone in the middle of it but I like your idea of maybe trying to back off a little bit maybe acting like you're too busy to plan another date not that interested wait a few days to respond be short and then kind of let it phase out 
Right. And and I just want to be clear. Rainey brought up a good point. There are times, like if your your safety is ever in question, please drop it immediately. Do everything. Yeah. You, uh, you don't have to keep responding to them if it's something that is either a question of safety or just a question of concern. If it's more of an, just a stalking situation online. Yeah, those. we don't promote serial killers on this podcast, by the way, guys. So we, we do not. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> okay, well, then cool. do you have a hot take? I do. So 2020, was it worth it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is my hot take. Um, we've all been in, you know, a very whirlwind situation with the last year. I don't think it's really changed this year. Uh, so much except for the year name itself. So, you know, the question I present not only to Haley and Rainey, but also to the listeners out there is, do you think it was worth it for yourself? How much have you grown and why? And so that's kind of a question I present to Haley and Rainey. Like, what, what do you think? Was it worth it? Were you able to grow from it? Or was it a thing of you, you were able to, it kind of crushed you? Well, for me, I was finally given the opportunity to get a teaching job because of the pandemic. There were so many people leaving the profession and the school district was also a little desperate. So when I was finally ready to get a job, even though it was right, I remember I interviewed a month before the shutdown and I had a couple jobs already lined up. I was planning on visiting the school, signing my contract, and I met with a couple principals. I was planning on signing a contract the next day, and that's when the school shut down. And so for me, I'm thinking, okay, well, here I thought I could finally leave this dead-end job that I was in, and I can finally really feel like I'm doing something that I'm interested in, that I'm passionate about, and all of a sudden it stopped. And then over the summer... I really manifested, you know what, I am going to be teaching this fall, whether it's substitute teaching or getting a full-time position. And with the switch to virtual school, then I was able to get a few more interviews with a lot of people dropping out last minute. And so in a way, that kind of desperation really pushed schools to make final decisions, whereas before I was competing against 20 other people for the same position. And so they felt more comfortable saying, oh, well, we'll take two or three weeks really deciding who we want. But when I finally got my job, I mean, I interviewed and they offered me the job on the spot Mm. because they needed someone to fill the position three days later. Yeah, you hear that, guys? Desperation (laughs) works. So it works. It worked in in my favor. If you're desperate enough, just keep pushing and you'll get get around somewhere. So I definitely used that to my advantage. And I knew that it was because they were desperate, but I am a good employee. (laughs) And they said that they chose me because I seemed to have it more together than everyone else. And I was like, ooh, well fooled you guys <laughs> fooled you <laughs> oh so, my I goodness I mean just just in that sense it was worth it but I mean for everything else I don't know I guess I was given enough free time with teaching to then have the holidays off which is when I signed the contract on my house so I was given a lot more free time but yeah. 
I know that was not the case for everyone. I just got very lucky. Yeah. Worked out and well. desperation worked for you. Yes. Um, <laughs> desperation works. That could be our new hashtag. <laughs> so I think for me, I don't know. These last three years have been a mixed pile for me. They have been some of the hardest years of my life. Um, so 2019, as we all know, was like a year of growth. And then 2020, I would say was probably just hard. It was just difficult because I was going through like my faith crisis and stuff like that. So I was kind of struggling through that. And then 2021, I was able to kind of work through that and return to church. I would say 2021 was, again, more growth in that uh, sphere. So it's just been a little all over the place. I can't totally say 2020 was like worth <laughs> all of it. I yeah. was kind of like, this is, this is awful. I don't like this, but I don't know. It was kind of cool. Cause I could only see like certain people during that time. Cause I was working at Domino's. And so I was able to get really close to some friends that way because I couldn't really talk to anyone else otherwise. Um, but I don't know that it made the impact on me that it made on others. Cause I don't want to like invalidate what other people might have gone through. It just yeah. wasn't, I guess, as big of a year for me as maybe this year or 2019 have been. That's my opinion on it. I don't know. I want to pose that question to you too, Anson. Yeah. How was your 2020? It, well, I just want to say thank you for that. And I, I think that's, so important for everyone that's listening. Your experience is not going to be the same as your neighbors or as your family members across the hallway. For me, for my 2020, it was a different experience to say the least. Um, I was, number one, I was expected to graduate that year. Um, although there was an issue with how many credits I thought I had versus what the school said I had. Mm -hmm. oh. um, yeah, so I had to um, push that back uh, to 2021. Um, and then, of course, school shutting down, uh, which was a little hard uh, because at that time I had to find a found um, a clique of guys that we had been rooming in the same apartment for forever. And so we had planned we we're going to be up in their spring, we we're going to be up in their fall. Um, and with COVID impacting everything, of course, you know, school went virtual. Um, everyone decided to stay home. Um, that was a huge question for me, especially in the fall, um, where, you know, I had to really think it out. Is it worth it? You know, should I go back up to school? Should I not? What are the benefits of taking online classes? You know, I, I still had a job down here. <clears throat> I was working, um, you know, for that time I was doing curbside. So that exploded. Um, we couldn't hire enough people. Um, but at the same time, you know, trying to juggle that, trying to juggle uh, school, you know, for, for our church, um, they shut down. So that was home centered church for us. Um, trying to figure that out as a family. Um, and that was a little hard as, and, you know, you add all the other economic, uh, social, um, issues at the time. And honestly, I can say that I was really confused. Uh, but if there's one thing that I saw, or I could say, I noticed for myself, mm -hmm. uh, it's that, you can do hard things. You know, we all got through 2020. Yeah. Who expected 
everything that was going to happen to happen in one year, in a couple months, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. no one expected For real. that. Our lives changed. We're the generation that's going to be able to say, we lived through a pandemic. <laughs> you know, we've lived through, you know, um, reforms. We lear- we've, we've lived through all these different protests. We've lived through yeah. it all. And so it's this thing of, it, we can do hard things. That's, I think, something that people forget, you know, it was hard. No one said it wasn't. Some people thrived. Some people, you know, did not thrive. Uh, but, <laughs> Thank but you for the, the shout out. <laughs> well, I'm not shouting out. What, but, but what I'm trying to say is our lives changed. Yeah. And even at that moment, and Rainy, maybe you can attest, our lives changed. And sometimes it turned, changed to where we thought, oh, no, it's going downhill. And yeah. I don't know how I'm going to recover. Yeah. But, you know, this next year came. And hopefully people can start seeing, you know, either that turn needed to happen, um, where either we change professions, um, got a new, you know, view of why school is important, whatever it is. So I want people, you know, to learn to realize as well as I learned myself, you know, that change was needed. It might not have looked pretty in the moment, but it took us where we needed to be now. So I say, well said, yeah, wow, well said, that is exactly what I think too. Wow. And the perfect segue into thriving and not thriving. So (laughs) not looking at our year as a whole, but are we over? Yeah. Over the past week and we did take last week off. So even the past couple of weeks raining. Yeah. How have you been doing? Well, first of all, queen of segues. Second of all, I have enough toilet paper now. So, you know, I was, I was reflecting on when I didn't. Okay. So this is really nice to like have that again. (laughs) I'm like finally starting to run out of the toilet paper that I bought last year. Oh my gosh. Like my last five rolls. So I really need to hit up Costco. Yeah. Just no more hoarding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I would say, uh, I don't know. So like last week was a really difficult week. Um, just all of my schoolwork and everything just really like piled up last week, but I also went to the fair and I got to see Jeff Dunham, which was cool comedian. And then the week, let's see, I don't know the week before I can't even remember. That's, (laughs) that's how crazy everything's been. I can't even look past like one week. Um, but I would say as of today, as of just right now, I'm thriving. I'm doing good. It's, um, I'm actually really looking forward to this week. I've got a lot of um, cool stuff planned and then the next week as well. And what's really nice, what I'm really excited about is I've got like three things kind of changing or dropping or whatever. So I'll have some more room to breathe. Cause right now I'm in a master's program taking 17 credits. So I'm kind of drowning. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to some free time in a couple of weeks, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, uh, but part of that is losing the podcast for a few months. And I'm actually very, very sad about that, but we can go, we can reflect over that next week. (laughs) Yes. I know. 
So how about you, Haley? Where are you at? Uh, well, I had my second anniversary that I celebrated. And Happy my congratulations. Yes. I'm officially 25. And a happy birthday. Whoop, whoop. She just did it all Welcome to the club. <laughs> Thanks. I know. <laughs> um, and then I went to a concert last week. And it was the first concert since the start of the pandemic. And it was a little bit weird felt slightly uncomfortable going into such a large crowd even though masks were required but we sat in the very very top of the nosebleed section and had like an entire row to ourselves no one sitting in the row in front of us so it was really nice but it so we went to see Dan and Shay, who are country artists. Oh, what? No way. Oh, my gosh. Like That's awesome. This, this was their first arena um, concert in, like, over 530 days or something. And so when they came out and saw the full stadium, you could just see like the shock the joy they just went processed all of these emotions and just immediately started crying when the lights came on right at the beginning and like everyone just made that immediate connection with them and they stopped after every every like two songs they would just stop and ask us to cheer and want the lights on just to look at everyone and it was such a cool experience to just see how grateful they were Mm -hmm. and like how welcoming they felt I don't think you realize like big audiences are until for Haley and I I mean we look at like our audience where people are listening and stuff like that because it's just fun to see and I think sometimes it might feel a little small but I think if we actually put them all in a room together it would actually be quite a few people so yeah, that's, I'm sure that was a really yeah. like so it was overwhelming really cool. experience for them. Yeah, they cried multiple times. Oh. It, was just, <laughs> it just, it made, made me feel good. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Yeah. What about you, Anson? I would say, uh, I don't know. Can I say a mix? Yeah. yeah. Can I say I'm thriving and not thriving? Absolutely. Niving. Niving. Okay, that's a new word. <laughs> yeah, listeners, write that down. We've created a new word today. Send it to Oxford Dictionary. So this week, riving, you know, I went to the movies. Uh, that was nice. Great. Um, and, you know, just getting back into those social things. That's super nice to see. Uh, not thriving as far as job hunts aren't fun, but thriving because... Um, I found a couple and so we're you know setting my resume up and going and doing all that so that has been my week it's been adulting adulting Uh, yeah that's hard you adult you adulted and you knived yes (laughs) I've adulted knived hopefully hopefully some good will come out of all of yeah. that hard work oh something will something something will, will. something will. i've manifested it you know good and yeah. manifesting works i mean he did it so i made that decision now. yep yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what i did with logan like from our first date i was like well we're getting married i just have to like lead him to that point mm-hmm. and- I are you sure that, that was manifesting or was that you just bugging him <laughs> a little bit of both <laughs> Because it was just me, like, fully taking control. It wasn't yeah. even, like, putting it out into the universe. I told the universe what was happening. 
Right, like he's married. There we go. (laughs) That's how you do it. All right. Well, the universe is telling me I'm thirsty. So I'm going to need all of you to quench your big mouths. Okay. Um, I don't know which one I hate more more little or big. Um, I don't know. Like maybe use a different word instead of thirsty. That has a double meaning. Thirsty, thirsty. Quenching. It's moisturizing your tongue um okay well you need a break all right let's go ahead and jump into question one so this was submitted by a male who's 23 and he asked, what was the best thing about attending BYUI and what was the worst? So first thing that came to my mind was the small class size because mm-hmm. I had one sister that attended BYU Provo and I sat in on a couple of her classes. I'm very familiar with the campus and I loved how small the Rexburg campus is. Did you never like, have a big class in Rexburg? Um, I mean, maybe a big class of like 70 people, but I was so like my, my sister would have a class of like 200 people plus, and that was the norm. And that's how the colleges, at least here in the South are a lot of the top colleges. Mm -hmm. And so it was really nice, especially with my education classes to just be in a class of 30 people and Mm -hmm. it really had that small town feel so it was different but nice um and then meeting like-minded people especially with it being a church school it was interesting to meet so many people that were like-minded or at least had shared beliefs but also had different walks of life so seeing how like how interesting it was to see people who grew up in the church from like California versus Utah and Idaho and all of my friends that I met from the coast. Like it was just so interesting because I was not used to that. I grew up in the Bible belt. So I was going to say, that's so interesting. You said that though, because literally on my notes, I was like, we didn't have enough diversity, (laughs) but I will like, it was not diverse. No, it was all white people. Yes. It was diverse (laughs) in the way of us all having the same belief system but all having very different viewpoints on that Mm -hmm. and like the way that Mm -hmm. each area of the U.S. has their Mm -hmm. own church culture which was just interesting like we were all able to connect but we all have different backgrounds like the three of us you got such a different like view as well because for me um my negative like why I didn't like it was because it felt like, I mean, I grew up in Idol Falls my whole life. So I was already around a bunch of Mormons to get around even more Mormons. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to see more. I wanted to have more diversity. I just wanted to learn more from other people. And so that's something I've loved about ISU Mm -hmm. is that I've been able to meet so many new and different people and that's made it really interesting. So it's just, I find that interesting that your positive was my negative. (laughs) Well, it makes sense because we're both experiencing something different than what we're 
used to, or I was experiencing something different in there. And then now where you're at, you're experiencing something different. But like, for me, I grew up in like the suburbs and everyone around me was middle-class and Mm -hmm. there wasn't much diversity in that sense, like on an economic level. And so Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed like actually being able to see more of the world in that sense. And like, I think that Rexburg, while the worst thing about it was definitely the cold and the wind, it's proximity to other places. So being able to go to Yellowstone, being able to go to Vegas for a weekend, Jackson Hole, the Grand Teton, Salt Lake, everything was within two to six hour drive. And I got to see places like places around that part of the U.S. that a lot of people here haven't experienced or now that they're just now graduating college and traveling more now they're experiencing all of those things ah wow that's so interesting because it's like those are places I've I've been to countless times so (laughs) like Vegas I mean I go there at least once a year so like at least a couple times a year Mm -hmm. um Yellowstone so these are all places I've been to just a million times so it's just interesting to hear that perspective of people who are like, oh, I've never been there. I want to go there. And I'm like, that's I'm awesome. bored of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me growing up, it was going to the beach every summer, going to the mountains. Oh, for a and weekend. that's what I want. You know, going on a cruise, which I love, but it was really nice to enjoy the yeah. Of the West, yeah. but definitely church culture was one of the worst things just being. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> fully immersed in it was not the best thing. I mean, made great friends out of it, but it was like very overwhelming, especially with living with complete strangers for four years was difficult. It could be be a lot. It was like, I don't know. It just, so not only diversity wise, so I didn't learn anything about any other cultures religiously, but like, Mm -hmm. it was interesting because there was a lot of pressure to be a certain way or to um, act a certain way. So if somebody was struggling with, um, if they were like LGBTQ or they were struggling going to church or they didn't want to go on a mission, I think there was a lot of pressure there to like fit that mold Mm -hmm. and it can make it really hard for certain people to be there, which is why, um, something that I saw that was really interesting and we talked about this a lot the three of us is um the LDS kids who would leave these really strict households and would get to BYUI and then they would just go like back crazy oh yes (laughs) absolutely oh yeah like there Mm -hmm. there were prostitute rings and drug exchanges and um Anson why don't you inform our listeners about like the The red red lights yeah, because he was he was our main investigator on the case of the red light conspiracy. Okay, so so for our listeners up there, so I just want to you know, let's put a disclaimer for my sake. BYY is a great place, and you should fully consider it. But if you want some conspiracies, hit me up because I got some. Um, so we were living at um, at the time was apartment complex Tuscan, mm-hmm. um, now Milano Flats. Um, and we had noticed when we were walking out one night that a couple of the apartments, at least on the girl's side, um, their living room lights were red, like dark, <laughs> glaring, 
glowing red, uh, which was something strange. I think it was October time. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, there's Halloween, but there was something different about it. Um, and so I was like, okay, all right. Um, the next couple nights, me and a couple of the other guys were walking and we noticed the same thing, but on a couple of the guys sides and then in the apartment complex right next to the guy's apartment for Tuscany they had red lights a couple of them did and so I said okay this is getting out of hand the red lights are expanding and I've got to find out why oh my gosh so what we did and and you know for our listeners please do not do this at home this was something that you should not do but what we did because we were not thinking was I decided let's knock on the door and find out what it is and so yeah so we went to the complex right next to the guy's side um and we knocked on the door and we said hey uh we noticed the red light you know we're here and (laughs) i just wanted to see like yeah i just wanted to see what it was i kid you not the kid who opened the door got so scared like he got nervous (laughs) and there was another guy sitting on the sofa um and he got up and he said nope i don't want anything to do with this and went to his room (laughs) his room and i'm like no no i gotta know what did you get involved in oh my gosh i know So I'm like, you know, they, and, you know, the guy was like, hey, are you looking, you know, for my roommate who has it? And I said, well, that depends. Like, you know, what is it? I, I was trying to be as vague as possible, but I was like, you know, that depends. Like, is, is this something that he needs to be here for or not? Like, you know, um, and he was just like, well, he's not here right now, but, you know, come back later. I'm like, cool. All right. So we start walking back to the Tuscany side and I notice one of the guy's apartments is red. The blinds are open, but it's red. Like no one's in there. Um, and so I'm like, all right, let's knock on that door. So we knock on the door and you know, one of the roommates opens the door and I'm like, Hey, um, you know, we noticed a red light. Um, we're here. And the guy's just like, you're here for what? I'm like, you know, the stuff. And, (laughs) and, uh, He's just like, what is it? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to say. And at that point, he was getting a little defensive. And so I was like, you know, I'm not going to push this more than I have to. But like, obviously, some random crap is coming down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I was like, you know what? I said, you know what? Maybe we got the wrong apartment. We'll come back another time. And so we left. Um, I dared not go on the girl's side. Not you showing up at some dude's door being like, Give me the like you're the random person showing up and you're like, actually, I'm, I'm here. I don't have time to argue with you. So I'm going to need to leave. Like it was not his fault. You showed up completely unannounced. Don't have time for this. I know. So, so that stayed on for a little bit. Um, and that was something that I started talking with other people and I was like, you know, this, there's a red light, there's red lights here. I think we called it the red light district. Yep. Right. And so, yeah. And so, you know, we were trying to figure out where these red lights were coming from. And then just as quickly as they appeared, they disappeared. It was a couple of days after mm-hmm. we went and investigated some of the apartments, they disappeared that semester and I'll never know what they were for. But I do know it was something sketchy because I couldn't, I cannot forget that one guy getting off the sofa saying, not today. <laughs> and I said, if he's reacting like that, then I know there's something wrong. Now, did you have any theories of what it could be? Obviously, I think a couple semesters before, another a com- complex, another complex got a drug bust. It was a big one mm-hmm. for Rexburg police. 
So my theory is um, because they were scattered um, and it was always the same type of light on certain nights, oh. it was drugs. But because of the nature of what was Tuscany before, um, it could have been something more... Um, Go for it. Lucrative. Say it. Lucrative. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, that, that obviously is against the honor code. Sensual? Promiscuous is the word. (laughs) Yes. Um, but, but yeah, it was just, it, you know, it was what it was, but that was something that I just, I will not forget is the red lights. Yeah. I'll never forget it either. Trust me. It's deeply ingrained in my brain. So, you know, that was like a negative part. Although I will say, I think for Anson, it was actually a positive because he got to do some investigations, which I think he really enjoyed. Um, (laughs) But I will say like a couple of the other good things is um, cheap tuition. I made some some good friends and Mm -hmm. it felt like everything was really clean and well taken care of. Even their website is really clean and organized. I never had a hard time like navigating iLearn or anything like that. Yeah. But the one thing that I also want to include real quick um, before we ask Anson is, and this is probably the biggest downfall of BYUI, which Elder Bednar actually made a discussion about this, but he said that pride would be the downfall Mm -hmm. of that school. And I think it can be pride in multiple ways. There's obviously the people who look like they just walked out of Vogue that I will never associate with because <laughs> they're just beautiful. Um, so they were kind of prideful with money and looks. And then there was obviously like, there wasn't actually as many of these as you guys think there probably were, but there was like pride with Molly Mormons and Peter Priestess. Yeah. They're really, they weren't mm-hmm. that prevalent there. But I will say they were there. there. And then and then I think the other one was just like the people who thought that they were better than the good looking people. So there was pride in that aspect. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, well, I don't think all of this. So clearly I'm better than you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I don't care just about my looks. So obviously I'm better. And so it was just just a lot of pride everywhere and not like the good kind of pride, not the rainbow flag pride, but like the bad pride. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that made it really, really difficult to be there. And it made it hard for me to like make or keep friends because it just seemed like people moved on really fast or thought mm-hmm. they were better than other people really fast. Yeah. And so the ones who mm-hmm. I've kept, I've, I've sustained because honestly, you y'all are pretty humble. So that's been really good, but it's, it's sometimes hard to like work around. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a a lot of that, like holier than thou mentality in a Mm -hmm. lot of people on both ends. 100%. Yeah. Hundred, but no, I agree with you. I I think for me, the good thing about BYUI, and I think Haley and Rainey both um, touched on it. You know, the classes are small. You get to know your prof- professor on a personal level. Um, so there are many instances where me or even some of my roommates, you know, things would happen in our life, um, and we could easily go up to the professor and say, "Hey, this is what's going on. Can you help us?" And they usually would. You know, they're very understanding. Um, don't try to con them because they'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh, no, they'll they'll help you a lot. Um, and then, you know, another good thing is just, you know, I, I think it does stand the reason. Um, while we shouldn't look 
for perfection because no one's perfect in this life. Um, things were a lot calmer at the school, I think, because we shared common values and beliefs on that. So it was really, I, I feel like on that level alone, at least you could break the ice with anyone. Yes. Um, you, could, you could start a relationship, a friendship with someone. Obviously, you have to have more layers to that, but you could break the ice with anyone on that regard. What about the ones with prostitute rings, though? Um, no, uh, my, my, you know, I'm sure they are great in their own ways. Um, but I would advise anyone, um, if you see that, run away. <laughs> Just run away. Engine. Good advice. Solid. Thanks. Thanks. Run Solid away. advice. Run away. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my two cents on that matter. <laughs> Um, now what, what was the worst? Um, while the school was good, um, you know, it's a church run school. So, so a lot of church aspects, even, you know, having church on Sundays was at the school. That was really good to have. Um, as far as activities for me, extracurricular, while there were some out there, there was not a lot. Um, of course, when you go up there, you're going to notice we have a lot of intramural sports, which are good. Uh, but because there are no sports team, in my opinion, there's really no school spirit. Um, you have the kids that wear, you know, their BYUI sweaters and things like that. But other than that, like, I don't know. I just, I, just, I personally don't see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I don't. I think that's something we're missing in ours. Yeah, especially I think if, I don't know if that's just because of us kind of growing up in the South where we're used to Saturday football games and especially even in high school, high school football was taken so seriously that it was definitely different spending your weekends going to Idaho Falls and (laughs) going to the thrift store, going to Texas Roadhouse. That was a crazy weekend. For us or going to the hot springs it's lit <laughs> you had to drive to utah to cheer on byu or any other team out there that yeah it definitely felt like a lot of people had to look outwards for that kind of enjoyment yeah. in life than being able to you know fully feel the spirit of rick's and, and I think going on that, I think you make a great point. Another thing, you know, our listeners should take, don't, don't be scared of this per se, but bring up a good point. You had to look outwards for schools, right? Mm-hmm. So although BYU Provo is a BYU affiliate, um, there is some animosity between the two. Yeah. Um, so for, and maybe this is just me, you know, if you were right next to someone and someone was asking which school you would go to, someone would say, oh, BYU, and you'd have to say BYU-Idaho. And so people would kind of look at you kind of like, oh, was that like, is that the community college of BYU? It's not. Um, So don't think that. Uh, But that's kind of the perception sometimes. I feel like within the church. Oh, yeah. Um, But I feel like that's getting away. Um, But, you know, I, I think... While the school in the near time future, long time future, 
um, isn't getting back to sports in general in the traditional sense. That does not mean that students cannot start to cultivate a culture um, within the school. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we lack is we have student organizations, we have student groups. Um, for example, you know, my last couple of years, I was in the Mexican Flacorico dance team. Um, and so that was something we did and we competed on. And while you had our core group of people that was with the group um, outside, like no one knew about it. And I knew a bunch of other people. You know, we all came together for culture night and that's when all the different mm -hmm. um, cultures perform. And that was a hit. So I think overall, maybe that's something that as students, we can form and maybe it has to be on our own, but we can form that, that close knitness, that togetherness um, to make up for what we're lacking. Mm, in my yeah. Opinion. I mean, I never even yeah. knew about that cultural night until I had a roommate that was a part of the Russian part of the club. So she always had all of the members over at our apartment. And so I was fully engaged in that for a semester, which was exciting. But yeah, I had no idea that that was even a thing on campus that so many people were a part of and I feel like a lot of people think that oh well I'm not getting involved in stuff or oh no I'm not going to the school events why not just enjoy it it's there for you yeah mm -hmm. be yeah. proud be a little more proud of your school just yeah. not prideful in all the other aspects. yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah speaking of culture I think I can make a really good segue to our next yes. question so yeah. we're talking about culture on a school level so now we're going to talk about culture on a pop culture level yes <laughs> look at that segue um so we were asked by Sarah 29 pronoun she her um our thoughts on the free Britney movement now as much as I have a lot to say, um, I'm, I'm going to actually keep my answer pretty condensed. There is um, a YouTuber, his name is Sloan, and I'll make sure to link him in the description. Um, it's spelled S-L-O or like, let's see, is it S-L-O or S-L-0? It's O, right, Haley? I think it's O. Okay. So I'm going to say, oh, but I know not, just, yeah. just read the description. <laughs> yeah. Even if you type then, in Sloan, he pops up. Yeah. And then, um, it's the number four and then N. So the four kind of looks like an A, but it's, it's the four and Sloan is really amazing for digging into like some of these pop culture, like conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And like, um, stuff that's going on with celebrities' lives that maybe people aren't aware of. Um, he keeps everything very factual. Uh, sometimes he does put his opinion into things, but he's just been a great resource and has been really good for me to learn about the Free Britney movement. Um, and I will have to say, I was telling Haley this, <laughs> so embarrassing. Um, so the most like most of the time when I'm listening to Sloan, I'm also playing Lego Harry Potter on my switch. So those two things are just like automatically correlated. Love that for you. <laughs> so every time I think of this guy, I just think of Lego Harry Potter. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> 
anyway, living your best yeah, life, living my absolute best <laughs> life. So, you know, free Britney and Lego Harry Potter. It's a combo. It really is. What I have learned from Sloan, long story short, again, please go do your research on this because I'm not going to explain it all here. Yeah. Is the is that Jamie is not as like Jamie Lynn Spears is not as mm-hmm. sweet of a person as she puts oh, out no. and she has definitely used her sister for money. Brittany's had some really terrible managers. Her dad's used her and threw her in this conservatory in the middle of a mental crisis and not that she is actually mentally ill, like through her whole life. It was, he used that to his advantage to put her in this conservatory and use her money and use her things. So, so um, I 100% am for Free Britney. I will always be for Free Britney. Um, but those are my thoughts. Like I said, I'm going to keep it pretty short because I want to give you guys some time. This just came to me. I feel like if this had happened to maybe a celebrity who didn't have as much talent and potential, then it would have been the typical, okay, they have this, they go on this down spiral and they lose all of their money and they learn from that and they have to kind of grow on their own and do their own thing. They kind of get out of the spotlight. But like you said, she was fully taken advantage of because this would not have happened to just anyone. But because they knew that she had that potential and they knew that they could use her, they could force her to go on tour, they could still continue to make money off of her. That's why they felt the need and were able to deem her as continuing to be unfit to be a mother where when she originally lost custody I think that was fair she had to prove herself again but in the sense of her being forced to use birth control even Mm -hmm. until this point to keep her from continuing to grow her family like that is absolutely yeah wrong wrong. that's disgusting yeah you have that kind of control and I don't think that it would have happened to someone who didn't have the potential and the talent that she had it wasn't just because of her actions it was because of who she was yeah and it's not and we're not saying this just because we like love britney which obviously of course she's made some bobs but like like we we've done a lot of this research on her and have listened to sloan and the things that he's talked about and i just it is so it blew my mind how much of this had gone just unsaid for Mm -hmm. so long and like if it would have happened to some of like the disney or nickelodeon stars that Mm. have now faced serious legal issues or struggles with mental health it would not have been taken as seriously as as her situation was. I think Lindsay Lohan was actually put yes. in a conservatorship. So, yes. and, but that still was not taken seriously. Yeah. As this, but so. like, even like Drake Bell and oh my gosh, Corey that man. <laughs> and everyone else who we have found out are Drake Bell's the people. worst. I mean, they yep. were not, con- they were mm-hmm. not put into, now I'm losing the word. Oh, a conservator, a conservatorship. A conservative, (laughs) but yeah, um, Jamie Lynn Spears is trash. I think like she should have been there to protect her sister. Yeah, 100%. What about you, Anson? What are you thinking? Um, I'd like to start off this thought with a TikTok that I saw. Um, educational, (laughs) yes, um, and very educational. And the phrase was, You can't have a free America without a free Britain. Love it, love it. Um, and I think that's true. Um, like the more we're learning about the free Britney 
movement in that case, the more I'm understanding how desperate she was to try to get help and no one was there for her. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, we look, you know, we as individuals, um, you know, supporters of Britney, but as well as citizens of this great nation um, need to understand that, you know, you mess with people, they're going to retaliate. And if you try to take everything away with them, you know, that's not good. You don't take Britney um, away from us. So no, you don't, you don't take Britney away, but you don't mess oh. with anyone's life that way. I mean, come on. Like, so I think not only is her sister, I don't, I hate her dad. And, you know, her dad should not have done, you know, even understanding why she shaved her head back in that Who day, wouldn't? you know, when that first happened, everyone was like, oh my gosh, right? she's, she's gone off the deep end. But after reading more into that, I'm like how desperate she was because yeah. no one was listening. And that's what we have to do as a society is when someone's asking for attention, we've yeah. got to listen, you know, try to listen to them before they take mm -hmm. those extreme steps. Well, and you make an interesting point. Um, something I've learned a lot in my practicing with therapy is most of the time when somebody needs something, it's usually because of either an attention deficit or because they've had, um, they were spoiled to death, but didn't get the, the exact attention they needed or mm -hmm. things like that. A lot of times attention is a central issue. And so um, it's no wonder that maybe things kind of went like awry for her because yeah. she was, she was struggling for attention. She yeah. needed that help. So you make a really valid point. So it's like, and while she is a big celebrity, there's probably people in your life right now that are struggling that you could reach out to. And you have no idea that maybe they feel like they're going completely unnoticed and so giving them that attention, I think can be really helpful. And so they don't feel neglected either. Yeah. I'm like, has anyone listened? Who, who will actually listen to the song Lucky? She <laughs> was right there telling us. <laughs> Things are Subliminal right. messaging oh, yeah. yes. and all of her music. But so great. I pulled up a quote from Jamie Lynn Spears that she shared a couple months ago, right after mm -hmm. I think Britney's let's see, right after she was allowed to testify. And she says, oh, the only reason I haven't spoken out because is because I felt like my sister wasn't able to speak for herself and say what she felt like she needed to say publicly. So it wasn't my place and wasn't the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking you have known for years, for decades, what is going on and you didn't stick up for your sister on a personal level, not having to bring it to the public, but it could have been brought to the public, mm -hmm. public light a lot sooner, but really to, to say, oh, well, since she wasn't able to speak about it publicly, I felt like I couldn't handle it personally. And that just shows how much control their father must have had in both of their mm -hmm. lives. And how much Jamie was using Brittany yeah. at the time too. And I think on that note, I think that begs the question of where was that communication mm -hmm. between Jamie yeah. and Brittany? There wasn't. Um, she said, oh, well, I didn't feel like uh -huh. yes. well, Did you ask her? Yeah. Was there a communication? Did yeah. you did see you that ask? she was suffering? Yeah. And that's what we've got to do. You know, it might be a family member, a friend that you know they need to speak up, but they're not speaking up. And it might, it might not be your place, but guess what? If you ask them, hey, can I do something? Mm -hmm. They might just say yes. And you might mm -hmm. be the only person they say yes to. So do yes. something. Yes. Communicate. We love communication on this podcast. We don't love serial killers, but yeah. we do love communication. Although so. speaking of communication. Oh, oh, question number three. Are you, wait, 
Okay, yes. I know this is a really great segue, but you uh, have not shown Anthony okay. your surprise. Oh, oh, I'm wearing um a Britney t-shirt from Target. The t-shirt? Yes, I wasn't. I didn't I know that, that that was my surprise that. to that you. That was your surprise. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is there something I'm forgetting? <laughs> you said you were going to wear it just for him today. Yes. <laughs> yes, that way it was fitting. Yes. Back yes, into so. my segue. Anyway, um, sorry. Didn't no, mean I'm to just cut kidding. Speaking of communication, <laughs> question three was submitted anonymously. But how how do you handle not feeling comfortable in any situation and how to get out of it? So we picked this question, Anson, because we felt like the three of us together. Mm-hmm are really good at not feeling comfortable in situations. It's true. So I felt like we were we were definitely qualified to speak on this. Yes. Yeah. But definitely yeah. with us, I know that there's safety in numbers. If you are going somewhere, try and have a friend, try and have a couple of friends join you. Maybe don't latch onto them the entire time. At first, especially coming out of a pandemic, it's okay if for a few social gatherings, you want to really hold tight to those friends. Um, But as you're talking to more people, ask questions. A lot of the time, people just want to talk about themselves and they like to hear themselves talk. So ask questions and people will love you because of it, especially people who love to talk. They'll think, oh my gosh, I just, I loved having Mm -hmm. a conversation with them because they realized that they got to talk the entire time. And they think, oh, this person is genuinely Mm -hmm. interested in my life. Mm -hmm. No, you're just really good at asking questions. So that you don't yep. have to carry the conversation. Which is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely have a planned way kind of into a situation. I'm that person who will fully analyze the parking situation, who's going somewhere, <laughs> when, how I'll, how I'll park, how I'll walk in. I'll already have an excuse to leave. And I She's got her menu planned I plan. Yeah. yeah, but it helps me so that I know at least I've, I've been able to go through in my head, like 50 different scenarios. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready for anything mm-hmm. Love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your tips guys? Um, so for me, um, I think, I think it's kind of on a spectrum of like, where is the awkwardness level? Because my first thought was, oh, does this person have social anxiety, which is a lot more like therapeutic approaches, things you got to do that way to like heal that. However, then there's also the other side where maybe you just, this is going to sound bad. Maybe you just overreact to a lot of things. I just had typed something like that out. Like people aren't thinking about you to the degree Mm -hmm. that you think. Like you might be overanalyzing, mm-hmm. but if you're an- overanalyzing, there's a pretty good chance everyone else is. So they're just yeah. worried about themselves and how Again. everyone else views them. So yep. no, that's exactly what it is. A lot of people are so self-absorbed. They're not even thinking about it. Or if you do something, I remember there are several times where I've done something that I thought was so embarrassing and I'll bring it up like three days later and they'll be like, you did that? Yeah. <laughs> the person yeah. that I'm talking to, you, you, I didn't even see it or I didn't even hear it. And so I'm like, oh, that's just me being awkward. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I first saw this question, the first person I thought of was Anson because he really, I don't know, you just embody like uncomfortableness um 
but in like a in a good way it's what i think like it's the it's a personality trait you know it's a quirk i just feel like i could say anything and you just get this look on your face where i just know you're uncomfortable (laughs) you're like i want to be here i'm like i'm gonna leave now how do i approach this but here's the thing about anson that i appreciate when he's uncomfortable he's also not afraid to say it he'll just like straight up like oh yeah He'll be like, I'm uncomfortable. Bye. And just get out. <laughs> Which I'm like, I, I have no that. problem. On so, that. you know, maybe take to a point. Yeah. It but can be dangerous. Take a tip from him. If it's not that big of a deal and you're just really uncomfortable, just be like, ah, I'm out. Now, on the other end, the social anxiety end, um, there's this therapy that a lot of people use when they're trying to overcome fear. And social anxiety is a fear. It's a fear of people and it's called immersion therapy. And so the way that this works is you start off in small degrees. So, um, I know that like, I've been afraid of bees for a really long time. I'm like, I'm so terrified of bees. I and so, right. And so what you do is you start off slow. So one week you're going to look at words, just read a story about people and how they interact with each other. The next step is to look at pictures. The next step is to look at videos. Now, if you're comfortable, if, if your comfortability starts with videos, skip to that. You don't have to start all the way at words. You can start at videos, wherever your comfortability is. And then each week after that, you start to add more. So at a distance, you kind of stand around people the next week. And then the next week you may get like a little closer, but only with a couple really close friends and just keep like adding more and more and more until you feel comfortable around people. Now there's something really important about this practice though. You don't want to do too much because if you do too much, it's going to be really overwhelming and you don't want to do too little or like wait too long to start again, because either you'll lose your progress or you'll forget about it. Immersion therapy is almost a lifelong therapy. You're going to have to continue to practice to keep it um, working kind of like a muscle. But I know that with bees, the reason I could tell you this is because like I had to do this. So I used to work at a greenhouse and before I worked oh. at that greenhouse, I knew there was going to be bees there. And so I didn't do the the step-by-step, but I did have to be in this greenhouse for hours and hours a day. So eventually I got used to those bees being around and I wasn't really scared of them after that. However, just this last Sunday, several years later, my roommates and I um, took some, some sunflowers from somebody's garden. Um, I don't think I don't think it was their garden. I think it was like in their backyard. Ooh. I don't, I don't know. But we got some stuff just on their property. I don't think it was theirs, their though. backyard. It was like in it was like we like took but their I feel dog, like backyard but is it was worse, like right? fenced in, in their backyard. <laughs> it was in a mutual like parking space. Okay. Like a community parking okay. space. Try to defend yourself, okay. Rainy. So I don't think it was their sunflowers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we went to go get these sunflowers. <laughs> And as we were trimming them off, there was a, there was like a lot of wasps and uh, yellow jackets and stuff. And even just like normal bees and a normal bee came near me. It didn't even land on the flower. And I had to throw them on my roommate's car because I like, I couldn't do it. And so, um, as you can see, because I hadn't practiced being around them for a few years, I'm already like terrified of them again. So it is something Mm -hmm. you're going to have to practice if it is a social anxiety thing. Obviously we're always going to suggest therapy so you can have a therapist help you out, but you can literally just look up immersion therapy on YouTube or on Google and they'll have locked out steps. So you can, you can 
basically do immersion therapy to yourself. It's up to you. I, uh, I had a grasshopper jump out at me while I was watering the plants about a month ago. <laughs> that was the last time I watered that plant. Are you scared of grasshoppers now? I don't like insects in general. And so I just told Logan, I was like, yeah, I'm fine with that plant dying, even though I've been like fully nurturing it (laughs) every day and talking to it. I was like, yeah, no, it can die. I'm fine. So he's been watering the plant since then. (laughs) Yeah, guys, don't send any grasshopper pics to any to Haley bugs I don't yeah Yeah. (laughs) no unsolicited grasshopper pics no thank you (laughs) what do you think Anson our our number one social awkward socially awkward entrepreneur it's the word I'm gonna use okay okay yeah (laughs) thank you social anxiety is hard and I feel like this past year has made it even harder because we've all been in isolation. So as we start to get out, um, as we hopefully see an end to this pandemic, um, we are able to see what we need to improve on. Um, In my case, before the pandemic, I was here in Austin, things were looking up, you know, met, met more people in our church down here. And I felt like I was getting more social and then the pandemic hit and I shut down. And so as we're getting back into the flow of things, I've noticed that I've had to mentally start to prepare myself more when I get into those groups of saying, no, it's okay to be here. Things have changed, yes, but the world is evolving into a post-pandemic world where you can be with people. And it's kind of like what Rainey said, trying to figure out those steps. If it's if it's therapy, you know, please do that. At first, don't go outside your comfort zone. Now, if it's something that gives you major yeah. anxiety, start small. Don't go big. But on that note, what Rainey said earlier, you know, I'm not afraid to, to tell people <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with me. This is true. But I I feel like, and this is a little example, Halloween of 2019, me and my roommates and the FHE sisters at the time uh, decided that we were going to go visit the Bishopric members for Halloween. Sounds fun. I don't remember why, but we did. And we all dressed up as lumberjacks, which is another story. So we went, we had fun. We came back. Um, at that point, me and my roommate, Kyle, had decided we don't have enough time um, in the semester. So that night, we had gone to Walmart um, with my other roommate, Chris and Gonzalo. And we had gotten Christmas lights. And so we had gotten icicle lights we were going to put at the top of the apartment. And we were going to have, you know, lights on the doorframe outside. We were all out Christmas all the time. Um, and I was like, we're going to have eggnog. We're going to do this. Yeah, like, you love you know, eggnog. Our family tradition, my, oh, it's good. But uh, my family tradition, you know, this is something my mom started was after when we were little, after we stopped trick-or-treating and we came back and we got our candy, she would put on some classical Christmas music, get out the eggnog. And, you know, that was basically the saying of the season yeah. has begun, right? That night. And so that was something mm-hmm. that I love the tradition. So I continued. Um, and so they had all gotten back to our apartment and we had, you know, we had poured it and we had got everything going. Um, and I knew my roommate, Chris had to wake up the next day early for work and it had gotten to, oh, oh it's gotten to like 1130 and he was out, but I didn't know if he needed to go to bed or not. So in my error, <laughs> please do not do this. In my error, I, the FHE sisters were around, they were talking, we were, you know, having eggnog doing whatever. And then I walked to the front door of the apartment. I opened it. I stood right there and I said, all right, it's time to go. That's all I said. And I said, you can set your glasses down. (sighs) We've got to leave. Cringe moment. And so 
they all looked at each other. Even my roommates looked at me. I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, no, mm-hmm. you gotta go. So they left. Uh, and I looked at my Chris, my roommate, Chris afterwards. And I said, well, I'm sorry. Like, you know, you can go to sleep now. And he said, no problem. I was enjoying myself. That was a little strange that you cut yourself, you know, <laughs> cut the party like that. And I said, well, I have my moments of being social, but yeah. then when my social battery runs out, mm, yeah. I'm done. But, and, and the other thing is, if I know that someone else else's social battery runs out then mine I try to be courteous mm-hmm. but sometimes I overcompensate and so I'm like then we're all done <laughs> all our batteries need to be shut down and you can't do that okay. so the moral to my story is do what you can take the little steps it, it's going to be hard don't go to an extreme of saying this is hard I'm staying inside um, and don't go to the other extreme of going out and being social and yeah. then shutting it down for everyone mm-hmm. find that middle ground <laughs> Can I just say that I think that Halloween for you, Anson, can bring back a lot of memories. Do you recall Halloween 2017? Yes. When we were almost arrested. We all went (laughs) trick-or-treating. That all just yes. hit me. Oh my gosh. And oh, well, now you've got to tell our listeners what's the story. Okay. Well, we all went trick or treating over at Rainey's house in her neighborhood. <laughs> and we're in college, at, mind you. Yes. At BYU, <laughs> we technically have a curfew. So we're supposed to be in our apartments by midnight. And it was maybe around like 1145-ish. And we're all hanging out. And we realized that it's time for us to go back. And Rainy, I think you decided to stay. Yeah, I did. I wasn't in the car. With your mom. So you didn't go back with us to Rexburg. Mm -mm. So it's about what, like a 30, 30 minute drive or so. And so I hop in the car with Anson and a couple of our friends and we get pulled over for speeding and the officer definitely just wanted (laughs) to kind of like show out and intimidate us. And Anson does not look like a serial killer. He does not look like a creep or... Someone who has abducted us. And that man, like he the cop looked at me and the other girl in the car and was kind of trying to ask us if we were okay. Oh my gosh. And we were like, yeah, we're we're fine. I mean But then Anson didn't abduct you. (laughs) Yeah. Felt like maybe we were not safe. And so after the cop leaves, for some reason, we're driving down this road. The street lights are off. And out of nowhere, I just say, always freaked me out. Like driving alone at night and being pulled over by a fake cop. And Anson's mind (laughs) just goes to the absolute worst place remember this is our conspiracy theorists we end the night crying thinking that we got pulled over by a fake cop and i had to call the police station to confirm that we did indeed get pulled over by a real cop she's not she's not like over dramatizing the crying they were all in tears i was not the one crying Anson and the other guy. <laughs> I did. I did have some tears. Yes, but the good thing on that story no. was I did not get a ticket. Um, I did not. I have not gotten a speeding ticket. So to all my viewers out there who ride in the car with me, um, 
you're safe. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, no, going on that story, that he cop was, weird. was so weird um, because we were driving back yeah. and it was a dark road. There were no street lights. And if I remember correctly, we're getting up to this intersection. This is rural Idaho. So at this intersection, there's one of those lights that's like four-way and it's blinking yellow and like <laughs> one street lamp that's lit, lit. that's lighting the intersection and nothing else. And so I'm like, well, crap, it's yeah. Halloween. Um, yeah. This is how every horror movie starts. Uh, a bunch of college kids are coming back from a party and the slasher begins. Um, so we get pulled over by some cop that I don't even see. I remember that. And the We lights, analyzed everything. I, I swear yeah. this had to be a new car. Yeah, because, I mean, the lights were a little weird. Um, had to be a new car. And he comes out and he's just like, hey, you know, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, no. And he's like, you're speeding. I'm like, well, okay, I'm sorry. And so he was just like, well, like, who are all your friends? You know, who are these in your car? And I'm like, well, these... Oh, my friends, we just got back from curfew. And he's like, well, you're not going to make it in time. And I'm like, well, we're still get back. are we just going to turn around? Like, what, what do you want us to do? Yes. He's like, do they have names? I'm like, yes, they have names. And so I was like, it's this person and this person and Haley. And so he's like, okay. So he takes, you know, my registration, my license, everything like that, uh, brings it back. And he's like, okay, thank you for that. But he's acting yes. like weird. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah he's acting sus and so I'm looking at everyone in the car and I'm just like something's not right um and so the, you know he lets us go I book it <laughs> at that home. point I'm like let me be pulled over by an actual cop because I have a story <laughs> to tell um and so we make it to that you know that intersection get back on the yeah. highway and I book it back to Rexburg and by that time that's when Haley yeah said you know I, you know, what if this wasn't a real cop? Of course, my mind was already kind of thinking that, but when she said that, it confirmed it. And I said, this must be true. Um, and yeah, that's when we all got, we all started crying. I, you know, it was out of fear. I was like, oh crap, we could have got killed right there. And because it was at midnight, no one around, dark part on the road, one intersection with a blinking light and one street lamp. They, he could have, um, which was normal to sometimes see some of those abandoned cars. He could have killed us, buried us in that field right yep. where we were stopped. Yeah, potato harvest was already no over at that point. No so one would have known. It would have been yeah. a full year. Oh yeah, no, I was, and you add Halloween. Hopefully, on he's not listening to the podcast because we don't support serial killers on this podcast. So. Not on this podcast. Not on this one. Mm -mm. <laughs> not on, on the other one. one. We might. But not on this well, one. season two. Um, I <laughs> season two, we'll season see. two, all about our serial, serial killer friends. Um, so I yeah. think that's it. We're yes. about ready to wrap up. Um, just so you know, um, we're going to put Anson's social media handles down in the description, but do you want to just let our view or our viewers, let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Anson Pratt is for Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. My handle is keeping up with Anson because it's your your reality is oh. going to be uh, turned over. Um, anyway, I know, um, but it, it will be fun. I'm only always excited to meet new people. If you add me, just like send me a message and be like, I heard yes. you from the podcast, or else I might not add you. But yeah, Everyone, yeah, you hear so. that? That's a threat. Yeah, <laughs> add him. Won't add follow you. him. 
<laughs> send him all the nice yeah yeah hit like, that like button subscribe <laughs> give subscribe. him a job you guys yeah give him a job help yes. help him out i yes. think that's it so yes. happy hashtag not thriving thursday beat you to it oh, well, i was just thinking like what else, what else could we say that's what we're saying <laughs> hashtag yeah not not thriving thursday um yep Thirsty Thursday. Thank you, Anson. Oh. oh no. Thank you. Yeah. See, Rainy, we made yeah. that awesome. Oh yeah. Back on you. Guess That's it's time you. for me to leave now. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> well, next week though, last episode, I may have blacked out when you were talking about this a minute ago. Did you already right. touch on this? Uh, I think I did at the beginning of the podcast, and we could cut this part out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say. Come back next week, last episode of the season, where we take all of your hot takes and we get to share them with you guys. We get to talk about it with each other. And then we'll definitely be posting all of the hot takes on social mm-hmm. media for everyone to be able to interact with too. But a reminder, when you hear those podcasts, you're not going to be able to submit anymore. Yes. So if you can't find the submit button, that's why. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. That is all. Yep. Okay. See you guys. Bye. See you next week.